And we're back on the hunt with Supernatural Season 5, Episode 3, Free to Be You and Me. That's a tongue twist right there, and I'm Chris Barrows. And my name's Dan Cummins. Welcome back to the best Supernatural podcast on the air. This is a show where Chris and I, we rewatch our favorite show, Supernatural. We break down the plot topics and themes of each episode and maybe even dig out some details that you might have missed the first time around. Chris, definitely a tongue twister, but a very good title. And you and I just off air, we were trying to see, is this like a song by Metallica? Is it a famous album? The best thing you and I could find was a children's album from 1970, if I'm not wrong. Um, Kind of a strange reference, but nonetheless, it's a great title because in this episode, we see Sam and Dean apart. And it's been a while, Chris, since they've actually been apart for an extended amount of time. And from what we understand, this is somewhat uh, of an extended amount of time. I mean, from that opening sequence... It certainly feels like days, if not weeks, Chris. Um, but yeah, free to be uh, you and me. Definitely a tongue twister and definitely a great episode, man. I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, we've got them. I, I like them apart for a little bit. They never keep them apart too long, which is appropriate, probably. But in this one, Sam's not hunting. And they have this awesome opening montage, by the way, in this episode that just grabs me because you've got Sam with a knife, but he's chopping up like lemons at the bar, you know? And it's still like this kind of back and forth of what they're doing with their lives. And, and I think that again, it sets up a story really well within like a a little bit, like what a two minute, one minute segment Mm. and gets you then right kind of into the action. No, Dean is hunting though. In this one without Sam, that, that is really at the heart of this. And Sam's got something else going on, but that still interconnects back to hunters in the end. He he cannot avoid hunters. And that's ultimately what this is about, which is that Dean can't stop hunting. Sam can't stop hunting either. And we find out why we find out that ultimately Sam's not going to be getting, be able to get out of this. It's just not possible. Yeah. And it's important to know that we just came from an episode where Sam was around demons and he hesitated a little bit, right? Sam can't even trust himself. And Sam is looking for redemption. He just, you know, he it was a royal screw-up what he did. He freed Lucifer by killing Lilith. And so now he feels kind of down on himself, and, and rightfully so. And so Sam left, and he's working at a bar. And Dean is still hunting. And this is a reminder, Chris, because we talk about season five. This is the golden era of Supernatural, right? I would also argue this is Dean's prime as a hunter, man. For Dean to be hunting vampires by himself i mean if you're listening to this podcast you know what happens to dean right so you know who eventually hands dean his ticket right so for him to be hunting vampires by himself without the second greatest hunter on the planet as dean is going to call him his brother it's pretty impressive like dean it's important to note the best hunter on the planet at this very moment at this very moment he is the best hunter and uh he is having fun with it, Chris. He is he's enjoying himself. Like hunting for Dean is second nature. And he's taking a lot of pride in it right now because Sam, he loves his brother, right? But Sam has been baggage for a while now. He doesn't have to worry about Sam right now. He can do exactly what he knows that he's good at without thinking twice. And he's having a good time. Of course, there are moments though, Chris, in this episode where even Dean himself says he doesn't miss Sam. He, he's glad he's not around Sam. But Jensen delivers such a great performance that you don't really believe him. Like, to his core, Dean really does want Sam by his side. But for a moment, 
he's enjoying himself. And I thought that was a really cool opening scene, like you said, to see Sam cutting a lemon, Dean cutting the head off a vampire. I mean, like the the dichotomy there is really, really cool. But Sam, yeah, dude, he's working as a barback. His name is Keith. He befriends an employee over there, Lindsay. And this is a great Sam episode, Chris. I think this episode is disguised as sort of a breakup episode. And there's a lot of other things that are going on with Cassiel and Dean. But really, Chris, this is a Sam episode because Sam has some like really great moments in this episode. A lot of growth, a lot of um, character development in this one. I really, really love Jared's performance in this. He goes through a lot, dude. You got to kind of feel bad for Sam in this episode. And if that was the intention, the writers did a great job because I really, I really felt bad for Sam by the end of this one. Yeah, I think it works. You, you really, you, as we talk about this episode, there's two plot points. I mean, really, this episode goes back and forth and they do a good job with it. For the sake of talking about it, it makes more sense to kind of focus on them individually. And, you know, because you've watched the episode, you saw the back and forth and I will just give them credit. I think they do a good job with it. Yeah. You've got Dean and Castiel out there uh, ultimately uh, working together. Um, Castiel explained to Dean that they got to find God. So Castiel's on this this hunt and Castiel and Dean are going to pose as federal agents. But first, let's talk about Sam because Sam is Keith. He makes friends with a woman named Lindsay and Lindsay picks up. Lindsay's smart. And I this is what I like about this this particular actor, because she is smart. She says, there's something more to you. You're smart. Mm-hmm. Essentially, you're smarter than the job you're doing here. Right. You're clearly intellectual. What is happening? Why are you here? So challenges him to a game of darts and and even says you know you win i I win you take me out to dinner he demolishes her immediately and and throws three bullseyes he's used to being in a bar playing these games you know he's used to doing this the bar is a very comfortable place for him in that way but she's on to him from the beginning and i love that about this because too often they use a damsel in distress kind of mechanic and i don't i don't love it because it just gets overused right in this case she's not i mean she has a moment where yeah she's essentially tied up by these uh, actually hunters local hunters who sam knows but she's otherwise a really smart strong independent character and i i dig that about this episode i think it strengthens sam's arc because the dialogue he has with her is natural he gives away little bits and pieces through dialogue with her. And it it goes to what we've talked about. How can you tell a story through dialogue? That happens in this one, as far as I'm concerned. You kind of see where Sam is at through his conversations with her. And I think they nailed it because they got the right person. If you didn't get the right person there, this episode wouldn't have worked. I agree. Yeah, and Jared, his performance in this one, Chris, um, he's very reluctant. Like, his character is very reluctant. You can tell he's going through something. He's, He's experiencing pain, but he doesn't want to talk about it. So anytime Lindsay asks him a question, he's deflecting, right? But she sees him finishing the New York Times crossword puzzle. That is an obvious clue that, okay, this guy is smart. He's not just hiding something because he's a criminal, right? She she puts the pieces together. This guy is going through something. And then at some point in the episode later on, Chris, she says, you know, like, what was your poison, right? And this is the critical conversation that she has with Sam. And he goes, what are you talking about? She goes, I've, I've been sober for, you know, however many years, six years or something. You know, what was your poison? And Sam, while technically he was not an alcoholic, right? Sam was a junkie. We've called him a junkie on this very show, a lot, you know, almost all of season four. Um, and so for, for Sam to um, open up to Lindsay was a huge moment. 
Lindsay convinces Sam that he can be forgiven. And Sam himself hasn't allowed that thought to even creep into his mind. Sam hasn't forgiven himself. Dean hasn't forgiven him for obvious reasons. Nobody really can understand where Sam is coming from. And for Lindsay to be like, just because you messed up in the past, it doesn't mean that you can't, uh, you know, build yourself back up and have a good future. Um, she doesn't know he starts the apocalypse until the hunters come back, right? And they hold her captive. But like for for somebody on the outside to tell Sam, it's okay, you are not who you were even a week ago. That was really big for Sam. And he wasn't asking for it either, right? Like he wasn't hat in hand coming to this random lady saying, I messed up, I really need you to like feel bad for me. He really didn't want to come forward with that information. So this conversation, this character, although most people will forget she even existed, Chris, it was a huge moment for Sam. And I, you know, kudos to the writers for making a two to three minute scene have such a large impact on a character like Sam. Yeah, really. I mean, she's probably not on screen more than five to seven minutes in this episode in any real way, but critical character. Uh, yeah. We do have to hit on that. Hunters do come in. Hunters do come into this uh, bar and they say, yeah, we heard you're right. We heard you're out of the game. They don't know the whole story. Um, and he, you know, sets them up with drinks, et cetera. They go out on their way. They don't all come back. And when they do come back, they're angry. Because the demons are now spreading the word mm. of what Sam did. And this all-out fight that happens in the bar. Lindsay essentially tied up. Sam kind of kicking these guys. He completely destroys them, actually. I mean, Dude. like, single-handedly. He's not juiced up, really, truly, in this either. Like, it's they're trying to juice him, but that's that's just Sam. That's just Sam because we know the reality of, of, of demon blood, et cetera. We know his powers, right? That existed. But this is just strong Sam who does not want to do this, but he's forced to. And he apologizes. He says, he's like, yeah, I didn't. All right. I started the apocalypse, which you got Lindsay in the corner here. And it's like, what? Like, <laughs> that, like that's your vice. Right. No, but I think when it comes down to it, when he declines to, essentially drink demon blood and then kicks all their butts. Anyways, I just love that moment. I love that moment. I think it's phenomenal and it just shows you he doesn't need it. And that's a moment for Sam that I think about is very important. I don't need this because I'm fine by myself. I am strong. I don't need that, that, you know, and he doesn't have, you know, a three year card, but we turned it down. You know, he could have taken it. It wasn't the ideal situation by any means, but, uh, you know, but it's also putting them against hunters. And I just, I think that's the other thing we talked about the fact that they're not always on the right side with the hunters. And this is one of those moments where he's unfortunately forced to, uh, you know, fight hunters. Now I will say the look on Lindsay's face as he's like destroying these people. I was, I couldn't tell how she felt. Um, I do know in a deleted scene for this episode, Sam and Lindsay actually have sex. And I don't know where in that deleted scene it was. Like, was it before or after? Because that tells me a whole lot about her. Uh, right. But I don't know. I do not know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a great. Uh, I would love to know that uh, too, Chris. But yeah, we talk about Sam forgiving himself, right? From that conversation with Lindsay. That's a huge moment for Sam. Also, he hasn't like actually said out loud, I started the apocalypse, right? We talk about people that are going through actual addiction. One of the steps is to actually admit that you messed up right? You did this thing. You're going to own it. You got to say it out loud. This is the first time that Sam has actually had to say it out loud. Um, 
to someone other than his brother, right? Like other hunters that are now having to clean up Sam's mess. Like he actually openly admitted that it's a huge step for Sam in terms of growth, right? Getting past this thing, this horrible, horrible thing that he did. And dude, Sam, oh my God, that dude is an absolute unit, Chris. He just pummels these guys to the freaking <laughs> ground, man. And I'm watching Jared Padalecki and I said, this isn't the same kid from season one with a cute haircut. Like this dude is yoked, man. And I know that I just called Dean the best hunter in, in the world, right? In, in Supernatural at this moment. That is still true. Jared is an absolute monster though. And I love the choreography, Chris. I, I don't have the credit in front of me of, of who actually like, you know, set this one up. I know we have the director here. I know this is uh, Jay Miller Tobin, who, by the way, this is his last Supernatural episode. Big fan of his work. Uh, previously, a very Supernatural Christmas. It's a great episode. If you haven't rewatched that one, be sure to do that in December. It's a, it's a yearly watch for me. But yeah, the choreography of that fight scene, Chris, I thought was really, really great because um, it's really raw, man. And yeah, they force this blood down his his throat. And when nothing happens, there's a look that Jared gives the camera. It's like, oh, you fucked up. Because now I'm coming for you. No mercy. Sam was showing mercy at first. Not anymore. He's coming for you. He's going to make you understand that you shouldn't have stepped to him in the first place. And, and the hunters act all tough guy, right? We'll be back. And Sam goes, don't think I won't be here. Like, if you want to, if you want to tussle again, you know where to find me. Of course, he is going to leave soon, right? He's going to go reunite with his brother. They have bigger problems to tackle Chris, but I really do love that scene because it shows that Sam is not to be effed with, man. That dude is a bad, bad dude. Yeah. Now we'll get into the end and, and Sam's dreams, but let's talk a little bit about Dean and Castiel. Uh, Dean and Castiel are out now posing as federal agents. Castiel's not really great at this, which is one of the enjoyable moments of this episode, quite frankly, away from Sam. Yeah. And it's the humor in the episode, quite frankly, uh, is Castiel. Um, just his kind of, straight faced just you know well it's the apocalypse type dialogue you know and that's really interesting to me but what we do get in this episode uh you know when it comes down to it is very interesting is holy holy oil from jerusalem is something castiel brings he just disappears real quick it's like oh i was in uh i was in jerusalem i had to get this holy oil it's such a drop like yeah. just a quick line but it's a rare substance when ignited that will trap angels and archangels. Um, holy, holy, holy oil. Yeah, that, that should not be a hard word to say. As a rare substance, I, I, I took it as that specific oil from Jerusalem was is rare because yep. holy, holy oil itself is not rare. Trust me, I've been to church. They've got a plenty of it. But, you know, when it comes down to it, this is something that is also able to be used to see hellhounds. Uh, it can be used for purification. So this is a huge piece of the puzzle for them in the future. So this is a critical introduction in terms of something they're going to use for the next 10, 11 seasons. So I want to bring that up because I thought that was really cool. And, and it's a piece from this episode that is important. Totally. And the other important part is, is Raphael, right? Dean and Cass, they're looking for God. Yes. But Raphael really is the archangel that they're after. And uh, he is one bad dude also. We just talk about Sam being a bad dude. Raphael is no slouch, man. And actually, he's the one that took Cass out in the first place, right? So I thought it was really cool, Chris, to see Cass be like, I know this guy wasted me once, but I'm not scared of him because I'm trying to find God. And I'm not afraid to trap him. 
And, you know, that might be bad for me next week, but today you're my bitch is what I think he says later in the episode, right? And it's really cool to see Dean kind of play along with him because they're both in power at different points, Chris. Like, they pose as FBI agents, and Cass is really bad at it. And, like, Dean has to flip the badge. And, like, there's a lot of, like, really funny moments in this one. But obviously the moment people remember and want to talk about is Cass being a virgin and Dean taking him to that brothel because – he, he gets him a girl. He, you know, he kind of leaves. He's, he's doing his own thing. And you hear a scream from the back. And it turns out that Castiel, like, was trying to talk to the stripper about her absent father. And it's such a, it's such a fun thing because Castiel, we're starting to humanize him a little bit, Chris. Like, he's such an alien. He is an angel. Angels do have sex. We have to remember Anna, right? So it's not like angels are, you know... Uh, you know, not doing angel things. Like I would think angels angel have things, sex with other, yeah, angel <laughs> things. Yeah, I, I would think angels have sex with other angels, but I don't know, right? Anna did it with Dean. He's a human, so who knows what Cassiel, you know, might have been up to up there. But it turns out nothing, and so Dean's trying to help him out, and that creates like a really funny, dynamic, hilarious scene. Um, and there's there's more of those too because eventually when they trap Raphael. You know, it's it's Dean kind of standing in the corner with a beer like, yeah, this is my boy Castiel. He trapped you. Now what? You know, and Raphael, like, meanwhile, took out the entire East Coast like it's storming outside. There's no power. It's like such a dramatic scene. But we talk about the best episodes of Supernatural, Chris. It's the mix between the drama and the humor and seeing Dean and Castiel together in these types of scenarios is really, really funny. And it helped with that scene with Sam because that's such a dramatic, serious topic, right? Um, re- redemption. But then on the other side, you have here's an angel that's a virgin and Dean's trying to get him a quick lap dance at a strip club. It's like it's so ridiculous that it works. It, it somehow does work. This is an 8.5 on IMDb. And, I, and, and perhaps that's fair. I, I think it's a good episode. I think it moves the story forward. I think there is an exceptional 9.0 moment in that storyline with with Sam in particular yeah. um, at the end of this though, Sam is dreaming of Jessica again. And it turns out that Lucifer is disguising himself as Jessica. And it's a really, that is actually kind of funny and scary at the same time in that scene. Uh, he plays it off so well, yeah. but you tell Sam he's his true vessel and you're going to say yes, no matter what. So now we've got two vessels. Yeah. We have set up, we have set it up that we're going to have the two brothers fight each other. In the end of all of this. And we know what's going to happen, right? We've watched this. But the fact that they set up the storyline and they set up so perfectly. Like, this doesn't shock you that Sam is the true vessel. But at the same time, it's just well delivered. And right. again, in this episode, Sam and Dean don't share any scenes together. There's not many episodes like that. If, if any after this, I don't know. I don't know how many exist like that. We know in this one, no scenes together. And uh, to end on that kind of note, I thought that was just great. It sets up so much, and and we're going to go into an episode where Sam and Dean are both in it, but not in the ways that you might have imagined. And that's what's in some parts of us, and it's really cool what happens in the next one. So I can't wait to get to that one. Uh, I do want to encourage people to, of course, watch the episodes with us. Go go into it, these episodes, having seen them more recently, because we're going to not refer to every little detail. We're going to try and dig in and have some fun on some of these really interesting points. But I want to just stress this. One of the good examples is the holy oil. The holy oil being introduced, um, honestly, is so huge. And these are the kind of things I like to pull from an episode like this. So we'll continue to do that. And hopefully you're enjoying it. Come uh, subscribe, 
to the podcast and uh, get information when we drop a new episode, which is every Tuesday morning. Generally, we're dropping the episode out and uh, we are, we're, we're excited to have some fun, Dan. But look, I think that's it for this week, but we will be back because after all, we've got work to do.